Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah everybody and welcome home. For the past few years we've always started our programs with this statement and we mean it because community is a place that we all should call home. A place that gives us peace, a place that gives us tranquility and a place that we know is going to be there. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes faith in the Quran, He mentions stability as being a requirement for faith to grow. Asluha thabit wa far'uha sama That its roots are firm and its branches grow to the sky. If we don't have stability, if we don't have permanence, if we don't know that something is going to be there for us, then our faith won't be able to grow. This is why when the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina and made the migration, the hijrah with his companions, at that moment, when they arrived at their new permanent home, he said the beautiful phrase, Afshus salam, spread peace. Why? Because peace can be attained now that we have a place that we can call home. For the past five years, Roots has been able to be a part of so many people's lives, alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah. And we're so honored to have that be a part of our legacy. But we've been doing it in temporary spaces. We've been doing it in hotel banquet halls, in masjid side rooms, in people's living rooms at home, and in temporary lease spaces where when we were signing the lease, we knew that this was not going to be there forever. But that can change. By the favor of Allah, with our foundational organization, Qalam, we've been able to find this beautiful property here in Carrollton, Texas that will be the permanent location and facility for the Roots Community Space. A place where everybody can feel that tranquility and have that growth of faith that Allah Ta'ala tells us about. We need your help to close on this property. We need you to generously donate and contribute whatever you can, adding your name to this list of people that will help build and construct a permanent home for us to build the model community following the example of the Prophet Muhammad in Medina. Help us make this dream a reality. Visit rootsdfw.org slash home. Alrighty. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum everybody, welcome home. Happy to have uh, our session here. Unfortunately, um, we decided just to give it one more week. I know that there was a lot of, alhamdulillah, like good gatherings, people socializing and whatnot and weddings and all that, um, which is, alhamdulillah, good. People obviously want to get back to seeing each other. Um, uh, we just want to make sure, inshallah, that we put ourselves in our staff and community uh, in the best situation possible as far as their health. And so we decided that we would take uh, just this next Monday, i.e. today, off, and then we'll resume back to in-person programming for hard work, inshallah, on uh, 1-17, January 17th, inshallah. So next Monday, we'll have everybody back, we'll have great food, and we'll be able to see each other again, inshallah. Um, but nevertheless, we wanted to at least have some sort of session tonight, so we're back to our online only um, and so if anyone is asking or texting you about, you know, where the stream is, just uh, link them to here, inshallah, and we'll start uh, with our session tonight. So we've been going through the constructing the proper lens of faith through Surah Al-Fatiha, because Surah Al-Fatiha, as we talked about, is the opener of the book. It's what Allah Ta'ala, in His infinite wisdom and in His unending knowledge, is what He designated as the first chapter of the Qur'an. And in that... Uh, you know, the first chapter of the Qur'an being obviously the first thing that any reader of the Qur'an is going to open and is anything that they're going to see and they're going to start and become accustomed to. And so when you open the Qur'an, you see Surah Al-Fatiha, obviously there are some themes that stick out right away. We talked about the themes of shukr and the, the themes of, of, of gratitude and the themes of praise. We talked about the themes of lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His rububiyyah. Um, and recognizing that we are marbub, that we are those who are lorded over, that we are those who are in uh, 
we are we have an authority over us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course and then we talked about um, this idea of tamlik that Allah ta'ala is the one who is the master maliki yawmiddin on that day when we need uh, help as much help as we can get we are so lucky to have the most merciful be the one who is in charge could you imagine if there was a tyrant who was in charge on the day of judgment how uh, how destructive that could be so we talked about all these different themes we talked about how uh, Rahmah, the mercy of Allah Ta'ala is mentioned multiple times before his consequences even mentioned once. So these are all things again that Surah Al-Fatiha encompasses. Now I don't want to go again too far because there's so many individuals who they uh, attend in person so we don't want to like you know go too far ahead but there was one part of this conversation that I felt like we didn't dive into as deep as we normally do um, and I think it was just because there was so much um, you know preparation from the tafsir that like I wasn't able to get to it in my notes. So I thought that this would be a good time for us to go over that part. And that is going back to the verse, I think is the verse that we landed, that we landed on or we ended on. So this verse, we talked about a few different things. I think the one thing that we really focused on during is we talked about the idea of hidayah being um, hadiyah. So we talked about how hidayah from Allah is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that being guided and being able to know right from wrong is not something that anybody earns, right? Nobody deserves it. Um, at the same time, we have to work hard to put ourselves in a position where Allah Ta'ala has told us that there are certain things that we can do that will allow us to be able to have hidayah, right? That make us eligible to have that hidayah, that it strengthens it, right? So it's like our bodies. Allah Ta'ala gave us our bodies. We didn't do anything to earn this body, but we know that there's certain, you know, health benefits and there's certain nutritional and mental mental health benefits that we can partake in, we can engage in to help uh, increase and to help supplement and, and make our health uh, better, you know, as we live our life uh, day by day. So we talked about that. But the one thing that I wanted to focus on was this idea of how Allah Ta'ala described the entire experience of guidance. And one thing we briefly mentioned, and I want to dive in deep today, is that Allah Ta'ala is using the form, the plural form, ihdina, when he's talking about being a part of something, right? That this is a prayer. And Ibn Qayyim says that this verse is the verse that is the, the crux. And this verse is the verse that is like the nectar, right? Like if you're looking for the sweetest part of the fruit, this verse is the nectar of Surah Al-Fatiha. Like this is what everyone's looking for is this one statement, Ihdina Surat Mustaqim. This is what we're begging Allah Ta'ala for. We say it so many times every day because there are so many instances of deviation that we could be unfortunately pulled from the straight path. So we constantly seek this from Allah. But there's one thing that, that we need to speak about here and that is the power of being part of a community and the power of having not just community but also just a social circle, the friends that we choose. Um, if you were a part of any, you know, Sunday school or Saturday school or Islamic school or anything, or maybe you converted to Islam later or you engaged in your Islam later, conversation about community is something that everyone's always heard of, right? Al-maru ala dini khalili, that the, the person will be upon the, 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 the faith of their friend. And we've heard about all these warnings, right? Uh, don't be like these people. Don't copy them. Don't spend time around these people. And oftentimes it's, it's spoken about in the vein of, of warning and, and concern and consequence. But very rarely are we spoken to uh, with regards to who we spend time with in the vein of trying to seek to be in good company, right? So it's, it's more so about who we should avoid and not really so much about who we should be near. 
And that methodology, unfortunately, the methodology of fear over faith doesn't work long, right? Because after a certain point in time, people develop, you know, a little bit of burnout and resentment and they just kind of give in. So it's interesting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his, in his infinite wisdom introduces us to not necessarily first does he say, don't be a part of this group. But he says that the prayer that we make is to be part of the group of people who are on the straight path. And then continuing, he says, right, what? Those people who you have blessed, not those who have earned your wrath or gone astray. So even in the sequence of how he describes it, it's about being with those people that we can admire, people that we look at and we say, wow, that person has this characteristic or this trait and I want to be like them. So it's interesting here. Allah Ta'ala describes the Sirat al-Mustaqim as this metaphor, but also we learn about it from the Prophet ﷺ that it is something that we should think of not only metaphorically, but something that is very practical. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ would speak about the path, the straight path, in many different ways. There's a hadith in which he was speaking to Hudayf uh, ibn al-Yaman, and he said to, Hudayfa uh, uh, was quoting the Prophet ﷺ, and he said that, you know, you have to be, the Prophet ﷺ said that we have to be upright people, and that we have to be what, right? أَسْتَقِيمُوا فَقَدْ سَبَقْتُمْ سَبَقًا بَعِيدًا That those people who will be, uh, upright, then they will have taken a great lead, right? That you will have done the right thing. And then he says, فَإِنْ أَخَذْتُمْ يَمِينًا وَشِمَالًا That if anybody, you know, succumbs, right? أَخَذْتُمْ means to take, but here it's like maybe that they take, they, they succumb to something. They, t- they, they succumb to the right or to the left. Meaning if somebody falls off that straight path, لَقَدْ ضَلَلْتُمْ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا That they will have fallen off big time. So when you imagine the straight path, just for the mind's eye, you want to imagine a path that is, um, you know, fairly straightforward in terms of its visual, but falling off of it to the right or the left, there's like a steep drop. Okay, so the moment you take that drop, it will be something that will be very difficult to recover from. We talked about the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu he drew, he drew a uh, he drew in the sand, right? Khata' biyadihi, he drew a line in the sand, and he pointed, he said, هذا سبيل الله مستقيما That this straight line that I drew is a, a, the straight path of Allah Ta'ala. And he said, قَالَ ثُمَّ خَطَّ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَشِمَالِهِ And then the narrator said that, and we noticed the Prophet ﷺ started drawing these lines off the right and off the left. And he said, وَهَذِهِ أَسْصُبُلُ وَلَيْسَ مِنْهَا سَبِيلٌ إِلَّا عَلَيْهِ شَيْطَانٌ That all of these paths on the right and the left, remember we talked about the straight path and then the right and the left, they all have a shaitan. يَدْعُوا ilayhi. The shaitan is calling you. Come this way, come this way. Okay? And then he quoted the verse, Allah, the, uh, the verse from the Qur'an, the Prophet ﷺ said, ثُمَّ قَرَأَ وَإِنْ هَذَا صِرَاطِ مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا أَسْصُبُولًا That this is my straight path, this is the path of Allah Ta'ala, Allah is saying, so follow it, don't follow any other path, i.e. the path of shaitan. So this is a metaphor that the Qur'an uses, the straight path, but the Prophet ﷺ here is describing it not just in this very figurative way, but he's saying, no, this is actually like a lifestyle, right? You really have to think about the straight path as something that is like absolutely in front of you, and you have to almost visualize it. So when you see those choices that you're making, you imagine them being something that elevates you or that pushes you forth. Now, when we talk about the relationship, why did Allah Ta'ala join together community and guidance? Right? The ability to be on the straight path and the idea that you're in a group. Why did Allah Ta'ala do that? One of the reasons that's mentioned in the tafsir, which is really beautiful, 
is that although it is possible, and there are some, some statements of the Tabi'een and the Salaf and the Sahaba, etc., that talk about like being alone and trying to maintain while being alone. Although it's definitely possible for a person to work their hardest and to do their best to, to, to achieve guidance, even if they don't have like a ton of people around them, it's absolutely the case that when people are surrounded by the right people, that guidance is much easier. Guidance is so much easier. I mean, think about it in your own life. Like, if you don't want to pray and one of your friends says, let's pray, isn't it not the case that within you there's some sort of, some sort of desire that just kind of comes out of nowhere? You know, if, if one of your friends motivates you to do the right thing. I was just telling about last week during our Umrah trip, I was talking about the reflections of Umrah and how there were so many moments where being with the right people allowed me to make the right choice. You know, on Umrah, when you're tired, you're exhausted, you are fully within your right to take rest and to relax. and to. But being with Ustad Ubaidullah, who teaches Arabic at the Qadam program, you're one. Being with, you know, Sheikh Ahmed Bailu, who is uh, at IOK and, and, and Institute of Knowledge with Sheikh Naman Beg, and having them recommend and remind, hey, let's go pray, or let's make tawaf, or let's go early and make dua, or let's stay in between the salah, you know, Maghrib and Isha, there's only an hour in between. Why would we leave? Let's just stay. It's not that a person is against those things, but who has the courage to say those things, right? And to recommend it. And when you're there and you hear that, it's like it unlocks this key of piety that wouldn't have been there if the person wasn't there with you. And so there really is a strong emphasis, subhanAllah, the Prophet puts on being in a group of people and being with people that can help you. Now, this straight path, we talked about not being alone on the straight path, but there's, there's two dangers that, that the Prophet ﷺ described. The first danger is the one that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, which is obviously left or right. Okay, The first danger on the straight path is going left or right. What is left or right on the straight path? It's making decisions that knowingly, right? And again, a sin is not necessarily one that is accidental. Those can be mistakes, that's true. But a sin is when there is an element of neglect or there is an element of intentionality, okay? Neglect meaning that you should have known better, okay? Or intentionality, which is you did know, but you just didn't care, okay? May Allah Ta'ala protect us. Those are the two ways that some scholars define what it means to commit a sin. Either flagrant neglect, where it's like you should have known better. You know, a person can't just go throughout their day and say, oh, I forgot to pray. It's like, well, you should have known better, right? The day was going on, you were working, you, you had a clock, you had a watch, you should have known and then obviously there's the intention. So the straight path is, is maintained by a person keeping an eye on their left and right, which means what? Don't go off of it. Don't go off of it. Don't make decisions that you know are going to pull you away from it. Okay? If you know that it's going to be time for you to pray and you know that the activity that you're going to partake in is going to block off your ability to pray, then th- be smart. Then be smart and pray before you put yourself in that situation. Otherwise, you're choosing to veer off of the straight path. If you know that the, the company that you're going to keep is going to put you in a situation that's going to make you go against your values and what you believe, if you know that the music that you listen to or the movies that you watch or the show that you watch, you know it's going to put you in a position where the thing that you see with your eyes or the words that you hear with your ears, the heart is processing these things, and you know that these are going to, then it's important to, to do all of these things, to filter out this beforehand. That's left or right. Okay, so that's kind of the low hanging side. And that's what the Prophet just described. But there's a second element of the straight path. And this is one that is um, sort of low key. A lot of people don't think about this as much. Right. And that is because shaitan really wants every believer to become complacent. Shaitan wants, you know, if he can't, if he can't win the battle with making a person disbelieve in Allah, 
the next battle for shaitan is to make people become complacent with Allah. Right? So it's, it's like, he, he can't stop you from having a relationship with Allah, but he can make you take that relationship for granted. And that's the next thing, right? So the complacency is not left or right because you've already committed. Many people, for example, believe in Allah and His Messenger and we love Allah and His Messenger and we, 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 we have life in our heart to that point, right? But the next step of shaitan is to affect and impact us to the point where we don't exert the effort we know we should on that straight path. So one is about direction, the other is about effort. What is the kind of effort that we're putting forward on that straight path? And this is the energy point, okay? It's not a race. Islam is not a race. And everybody is truly on their own path. The trajectory that each person is on is individual. You will see many Sahaba who had different talents, different, different, uh, you know, different skills. You had Khalid ibn Walid, for example, who was a, 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 you know, a military genius, but he didn't know much Qur'an. And you had other people who were extremely wealthy, and very charitable. And you had other people who were, diff- they, they found it difficult to give charity, but they could fast. You had people who would complain to the Prophet ﷺ about certain responsibilities, but they were good at something. So you had this very eclectic group of people, and everybody knew what their own individual weaknesses were. But the Prophet ﷺ, he never told any person that, you know what, you can take it easy. What he told people was, you know yourself, and you have to work hard within what you know about yourself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions this in Surah Al-Hujurat. When He talks about who are the believers. The first step, if you want to call yourself a believer, is you believe in Allah and His Messenger. Okay, alhamdulillah, we all fall into that category. By no virtue of us, right? That's hidayah, that's hadiyah, that's, that's a gift from Allah ta'ala. So we believe in Allah and His Messenger. We know who they are. You might go to a country or a place or visit a town or you might drive through a place in the United States where you wonder, you ask yourself the question, does anyone know who Allah is here? Has anyone even heard the name Muhammad here? And you genuinely, your heart aches thinking that, man, there's no, there's no masjid in this city, right? There, no, one, no one fasts in Ramadan here. No one believes in Muhammad here, it like, it like genuinely brings pain to the heart. So the first step, then the next, the next qualifier is what? Once you're on the straight path, what's, the, what's what we just said? Don't go left or right. And then you don't doubt. So you have conviction. You may not have like the, the strength and the, the, the energy that you want to have, but you definitely have conviction. And this is, by the way, a very important point that we should never ever dog on somebody or downplay an individual just because they are not going as fast as we expect them to on the straight path. Because being on the straight path alone is quite an achievement. And then the next level, Then that person gives everything they got. They exert all of their effort. They strive and work extremely hard with their wealth and Allah says with their lives. And of course, in different contexts, this can mean different things. But for our purposes here, it means you give everything you got for Allah. If someone asks you for donations, you're like, what can I give? It's not a matter of how much. It's just let me give, right? Hey, can you help? It's not a matter of I don't have time. Everybody has time. Everybody has 30 seconds. Everybody has five minutes. Everybody has. It's a matter of being able to prioritize it. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Those people... The ones who believe in Allah's Messenger, they don't veer left or right, and they work as hard as they can. Those ones are the ones who are being truthful. Truthful with what? 
that they actually mean it when they say La ilaha illallah. So this is how when a person puts themselves in the right group of people, all of these goals go from being very difficult to being actually attainable, very easily facilitated. You put yourself in the right group of friends, you put yourself in the right community, you stay in touch with the right group of people in your life, you're in the right, the right WhatsApp groups, you follow the right people online, all of this is what, is what builds community, then you will find this. So how do, we, how do we know what this path is achieved through? Number one, istiqama is consistency. Spirituality is not a one-hit wonder. Spirituality cannot just be something that happens once. Spirituality is something that is built slowly over time. It's like a building, right? You don't just show up the next day and a building's done. Would anyone want to move into a house if it was built in one day? People would have serious doubts about the structural integrity of that building, right? But you go into, you know, even in America, man, the way that they build homes, it's so fast because they're using materials that are not meant to last. But you go overseas, certain places, they use like cement and brick. And you're like, those things are going to be up for 500 years because they're just so strong, right? So spirituality is something that requires consistency. And consistency is not flashy. It's not, it's, you know, consistency. No one really talks about consistency in the same way that they talk about this incredible you know, oh man, this person was able to do this in one day, right? The person gives a thousand, you know, not a thousand, the person gives a hundred thousand dollars at a fundraiser. Everyone yells takbir. And nobody yells takbir for the person who gave a dollar a day for their whole life. Like nobody cares. There were, you know, Imam al-Ghazali and others, they talked about what does it mean to have karama? What does it mean to have a, like a big miracle? And one of the things he said was never missing a takbir of salah for 40 years. There were scholars who did not miss in the masjid the first takbir, Allahu Akbar, first salah for 40 years. It's not something that like people would like have fireworks over, right? Every day people saw that guy. Every day people prayed next to that guy. And it wasn't every day that people were like, oh my goodness, he's, he's performing a miracle. But it was only after 40 years of doing the same thing that was very simple, consistently, that people started to talk about it being miraculous, right? So miracles oftentimes come at the end of consistent hard work. It doesn't happen overnight. It comes after a long time, a long time. Number two is the straight path is achieved through consistency. Number two, being with community, being with the right people. Those are the people that are going to help you. Those are going to be the people that are going to motivate you. They're going to make sure that you're relieved when you can't handle it. They're going to give you a sense of, of, of uh, you know, a sense of, what is it, recommitment. There's a beautiful statement that I'll share with you guys uh, from uh, Al-Fulayl ibn Ariyad who said that don't be lonely. He said don't feel lonely on the path of guidance just because there's only a few people because it's easy to become deceived by everyone else around you even though those people are ruined, right? So look, when, when you look at the entire world and I've talked about this with teenagers and college students it's very easy for people to become deceived by numbers in Islam, you know, we don't believe that quantity is over quality. And so you look around you and you say, are we sure that we believe in the right things? Are we sure that we, just today I got a text message from somebody saying that, you know, my son is, is my son wants to become Christian because all of his friends are Christian. Can you please call him? And if you, you know, if I ask that son, I guarantee you when I talk to him, he's not going to have any problem with belief in Islam. I guarantee you, I'm gonna, do you, do you have a problem believing in one God? He's going to say no. Do you have a problem believing in messengers? He's going to say no. I guarantee you there's no problem with Islam. What's the, what's the issue? The issue is, is who is he spending time with? 
The issue is he feels lonely. And the issue is he looks around him and he lives in a place where all of his friends are a certain way. And in this scenario, in this world, it's, it's Christianity, but it could be something else somewhere else. It could be atheism. It could be anything else. And because this person feels lonely, they look around at everybody and they decide that, you know what, I don't want to be lonely anymore. Human beings don't want to be lonely. And so Al-Fadil Mayad said, don't be lonely. Don't feel lonely. Count the number of people you have in your life. Don't count the people you don't have. And see those people as the buffer, as the thing that's keeping you there. So community will help keep you in that situation. A lot of times we talk about the, the, the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu talking about the, the 73 sects, right? Or the, the saved sect. The one group, right? The one that's on the sunnah. And people oftentimes talk about this hadith as like an exclusionary tactic. Oh, like, you know, are you going to be part of it? But very rarely do people think, man, this is a hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu is saying that no matter how many people are out there, you're always going to have a group. You're always going to have people to hold you down. No matter how many. There could be a million different belief, belief systems surrounding you. You're always going to have people who believe in Allah and His Messenger. That's why he said, تَرَكْتُ فِيكُمْ أَمْرَيْنِ When he was, Prophet Sallallahu when he was approaching the end of his life. Sorry if you can hear noises, my son's playing with Legos. Uh, he said, تَرَكْتُ فِيكُمْ أَمْرَيْنِ That, it's okay, it's okay. He said, I'm leaving you with two things. لَن تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِمَا He said, لَن تَضِلُّ مَا تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِمَا that I'm leaving you with two things, and if, if a person holds on to these two things, they'll never be misguided. And then he said, Kitab Allah wa Sunnah Nabihi, the book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger. So our guidance is contingent upon being around good people, being consistent, and realizing that we have to fight this, this two step problem. Number one is direction, and number two is effort. Never become complacent with your relationship with Allah. Be around people who push you. Be around people who pick you up when you fall down. Be around people who will celebrate your achievements spiritually. Be around people that when you decide to do something right for your iman, they celebrate you. They don't question you. Even if they themselves struggle. And also, you be that person. If you struggle with something and you see somebody doing the right thing, don't, don't question them because you're not there yet. Right? If you don't wear the hijab and you see someone putting on hijab, don't question them. Let, support them. Right? If you see someone who's deciding to pray, but you're not a person who prays, just, you know, it's, it's like, if I'm unhealthy and I see someone eating healthy, I shouldn't be like, man, give it up. I should be like, man, inshallah, one day I'll be able to have that salad. Pass me the cheeseburger. You know, like, that should be me. Don't bring people down, right? Support people. That's the power of community. But we don't want to have friends who celebrate, you know. And this is something also very, very touching, but I'll have to say it because I just like to keep it real, which is that, if you have friends or if you have people in your life that you see are having these momentary slips, you don't have to call them out by far. You definitely don't have to call them out. Please do not call them out. There's no value in that. But we also should not be celebrating the slip as, as some sort of, as some sort of uh, moment or accomplishment, right? We can, we can be with that person. We can celebrate other things with them. We can take them out. But if you see somebody and they're deciding to you know, skip prayer or this and that, we shouldn't celebrate their productivity at work because they skip prayer, right? In fact, a true friend, and this is something that SubhanAllah, Umar al-Khattab, he said, a true friend is the one that will remind you of your faults just like they remind you of your, of your good deeds, that they'll be with you. Now, you, don't, you may not have that license with everybody, so don't, 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 take that with, don't take that with the, you know, don't take that as gospel. But realize that we need to be very careful. But community is meant to be able to remind us and bring us back to the straight path. 
keep us motivated, celebrate our accomplishments, make sure that our direction is consistent, make sure that we're there together. You know, in Dallas, mashallah, there's a running group that goes running together. Sheikh Mikhail is a part of the group, Sheikh Abdullah Duro. Uh, I'm not so much into running, I'm more into other kinds of activities, but I support that, mashallah. And one thing that you see is that there are like people who run, I, I mean, there are some people in that group who like had trouble walking seven steps and now they're running seven miles. You know, Sheikh Mikhail himself is running, I don't know, like a marathon in, at lunch during Qalam Seminary, mashallah. And, and part of that is the power of being with people, right? So just like we try to find groups to spend time with, to work out with, to invest with, you join all these crypto WhatsApp groups to learn how to invest into, you know, cryptocurrency, whether or not it's halal haram, I don't know. But you try to do all that. We should also have spiritual groups that we come together with, that we try to encourage each other with, and that we grow with. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to give us tawfiq and to make us those who are guided on the straight path. We ask Allah Ta'ala to make us amongst those who are part of that community. We ask Allah Ta'ala to make us those that when we say, that we mean it, and that we try, and that we, we try to be those people that are guided. We try to be those people that are guide, that guide others. That's why we ask Allah Ta'ala, you know, Allahumma hadina wahdibina waja'alna sababan liman ihtada. That we ask Allah, oh Allah, guide us, make us those who guide, and make us a, a reason and a cause for those who are, or for, for guidance itself. So we ask Allah Ta'ala to grant us this. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Barakallahu feekum, everybody. Again, I, I know that the session was shorter than most. I wanted to just have a small little point of reminder tonight, even though we're not in person at Roots. We will be, inshallah, next Monday. Uh, with masks and everything, but we will be back inshallah because it's, it's been two weeks since the the it's been two weeks since the um, the social uh, the socials of winter break. So we'll uh, we'll resume inshallah uh, next Monday. Bidnillahi ta'ala. So I'll see everybody there, and uh, hopefully inshallah everyone has a good week. Stay safe inshallah, and I'll see you guys uh, in seven days. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bye.